Welcome to Body by Design. I'm your host, Blue Driver, a women's strength training and metabolism coach. I went from years suffering hormone imbalances, looking soft and bloated, to symptom-free and building muscle for a toned athletic physique. Since then, I've made it my mission to empower women to take control of their own health, hormones and body composition. So grab a cup of coffee and let's build your body by design. I actually did a bit of a vote on this one and put up a couple of options and everyone voted and the consensus was macro tracking with a family. And I think this comes from people having a perception that when you're tracking macros, you're eating separate from your family to ensure that you're getting the right macros to ensure that you're meeting your calories. And I think there's also an element of when you're tracking macros, you're dieting and your foods have to be separate. But certainly in my coaching container, I promote pro-metabolic foods, which is just foods that support your metabolism, help you grow muscles, and they're just really good, healthy um foods that grandma used to eat you know animal-based proteins butters saturated fats that are all really good for you honeys ripe fruits uh, root vegetables none of these um you know every meal is loaded with salad and that's your carbs so it's de definitely a very different way of eating in the perception of the fitness industry so my family actually eats all pro-metabolic with me and we love these foods so to macro track with my family is actually really easy. And today I wanted to go through five tips that will help you macro track with a family. So you can sit down and eat the same dinner with them every night. So not only does it support um, time and efficiency for you because you're not cooking separate meals, Eating dinner together can be a fabulous way to bring the family together. I know for us, we sit at the dinner table every night. There's no phones, there's no TV, none of that, and we just chat about our day. Now, it doesn't have to be a long dinner, but we certainly do eat together and it promotes a better family unit for us. So I certainly don't want to be sitting down with a separate meal. Um, and just giving you that variety, I think, you, uh, you know, we can get diet fatigue very easily from eating the same foods all the time. So if we're given the ability to have some variety without it making, too, making it too complex with macro tracking, that's always a really good thing. So let's get into it. My five top tips for macro tracking with a family so you're not cooking separate meals. My first big tip is set your daytime meals. So though you want variety, I think when we get down to it, we actually don't eat as much variety as what we think we do. So when we're given a meal plan, we think it's going to be, it's going to be restrictive. For me, I set my breakfast, my lunch, and my snacks for the daytime, and I eat the same thing all week. And that means that when I pop a dinner in, it's the only thing I'm thinking about. So once I've done that, I make sure I, I've actually picked easy, simple meals for during the day so I can easily manipulate them later on. And I'll go into that in another one of my tips. But really, you just want to pick simple meals, things like smoothies, um, 
yogurt and fruit for breakfast or eggs and sourdough and orange juice or, um, you know, uh, lunch can be things like um, beautiful tropical fruit with some cheese and some prawns or it could be grilled chicken that you can change up with different spices each day with a little condiment on the side like caramelized onions or chutneys and then you can have it with a, a you know a serve of fruit and juice and cheese the things I'm describing here are all things that are made up of the individual macros that aren't altogether in a recipe. So when you have separate macros on a plate, it's very easy to up and down the quantities when you look at your macros at the end of the day and go, hmm, doesn't quite meet my macros, you can tweak them there. And I'll get into that <clears throat> a little bit more down the track, but that's why I set my breakfast, lunch and snacks. I keep them the same all week. Uh, I know what to order. And then um, they're made up of individual macros. So I have an individual protein, an individual carb, and an individual fat source. It also helps me with my shopping quantities. If I'm eating the same thing every day, and I know that I've got to have around 100 grams of that every day, and I'm having it for seven days, I know I need 700 grams of that item. So it actually really makes shopping really easy. And it reduces decision fatigue. If you are the person in the household that is the main meal uh, meal creator, that you're the one that cooks the meals and thinks of the meals and shop for the meals, decision fatigue is a real thing. Uh, and it just means planning ahead and also setting all your same lunches and breakfasts. You're not making a decision all the time of what am I going to eat. So setting your daytime meals up to be exactly the same and then you just change one meal a day which is your dinner. The other thing, the next tip I'm going to go into would be amending your recipes. So once you have macros set for you, they really shouldn't change much because now these tips are going to come from the assumption that you have a well-balanced meal plan and macros set for you. So if you have had your macros laid out where they are balanced in each meal, you're eating the same number of meals every day to keep your blood sugar balanced. Uh, your protein and your carbs and stuff shouldn't really change within each meal either. Now, if you don't know how many meals a day you're eating or you don't know what your macros should be, you can always contact me at Instagram and I have some free resources that are really helpful. All these are the things that we also do in my coaching container. But on the assumption that you know how to into food, you know how to track food, you just don't know how to manipulate it well or, or change things up. What I do is I take my recipe, so I take a template and I put in my breakfast, my lunch, my snacks, and then what do I need out of a basic dinner for a balanced meal? Now, I if, I'm, if I say nay, need 30 grams of protein and I need about 45 grams of carb and I need about 5 or 10 grams of fat, for that last meal to make it all balance out for the rest of the day. That's a nice balanced meal and it fits into my calories. I would just plug in a steak and potatoes and butter just to have it sitting there so I know that that's what I've got and I make sure everything's balanced out on my template. Then I can remove that 
and I've built, you put your, plug your recipes into your tracking app. I personally love Chronometer. I will leave a link in the show notes for you. So if you want to download Chronometer, there's a link for you. I think it's fabulous. So you build your recipe in there. There's certainly, if you don't know how to build recipes, there is always the um, help resources in the support, but you build your recipe and you plug in a serve. Now, when you plug in your serve, it's either going to throw your macros and your calories way out that you need to amend that recipe or you can make some minor tweaks in your meals and it all balances. So you want your recipes to ultimately for you meet your 30 grams of protein if that's what your macros are. So I'm just going to use that as an example. So build them, build your recipes so they meet you. If you're making um let's say you're making a paella. It's got meat in it. It's got some veggies in it. It's got some rice in it. Now, seriously, if you plug that in and you're nowhere near your protein, you're not going to ruin the recipe just by adding some extra chicken. Now, I know for me that around 150 grams of chicken raw is about what I need to meet in a recipe to meet my macros. So I've worked that out now. So if I'm going to make a family recipe of four, I know that the recipes need to come up to 600 grams of chicken. Protein's fairly close. Beef, you tend to be a little bit lower. Prawns, you can be a little bit higher. Chicken, it depends if it's thigh or breast, but they're all roughly similar. So you start to know that in a recipe, you need five to 600 grams of protein in that recipe to meet your macros. And I really do suggest amending your recipes around your specific protein targets. Then the family can eat off of that because if you have got your setup well, your strength training, you're supporting your metabolism, there's going to be a lot of protein in there already. Now, your partner, if you are a female with a male partner, obviously males need more protein than females, just naturally being a larger, more masculine frame than us. They can pick up extra protein at lunch or they can have a one and a quarter serve of your meal. And if you have children, you can go, okay, if they're kind of, you know, that maybe they're that eight to 12 mark they're not quite having an adult meal so they would have three quarters of a serve and then your partner husband whoever would get the 1.25 if you have very little children split it down the middle one serve serves two children so you work out how much of the recipe you need to make based on how many serves you need you would be one serve everyone else would be a half a three quarter or a 1.25 serve and you multiply that out and you now know how much to do I think as mothers we tend to get very good at dishing things out quite evenly and eyeballing and I think for the sake of dinner and the way you do things it's very it's easy enough to do serves rather than have to absolutely weigh everything. You can also go down the path of, of, of your recipe, putting in cooked weight and then serving it out by 
weight as well. I personally just use serves and that's the way I do it. So my biggest tip here is take all your regular mess, uh, recipes, your spaghetti bolognese, your stroganoff, your Mexican mince, all those recipe styles that are all kind of like an all-in-one that you serve that's going to have protein and carbs and fat all in one, unlike a steak and chips dinner, you might have steak, air fryer chips that's got a bit of coconut oil on it. They're all very individual things that you can work with. Where it's a recipe, take your recipe, enter it in, see what it looks like in your template. If your protein is that way out, adjust your recipe with your protein so you are a one serve and it meets your macros. The other thing as well is if you're blowing your fat, start looking at options like low fat do low because that's usually the biggest thing that happens with fat is recipes blow your your fat recipes. So look at low fat dairy uh, rather than uh, all cream or all sour cream in a meal where often um, sauces are used to thicken. You can go for a light sour cream and finish it off with stock for volume of, um, so you have the volume of the liquid, you can add some sour cream and then thicken it with it, just a fraction of corn flour. So that's another way of doing it. Choose your lighter um, your lighter minces in fat. So if you go to the supermarket and you buy a standard fat mince, that's going to be close to 20% mince, uh, fat. Sorry, stumbling over my words today. So that's going to be around 20% fat. So look for the Heart Smart, which would probably be about 5% fat or just the low fat versions, which could be 10%. You can ask the butcher in there, they'll work it out. So reduce your fat there. A lot of recipes say cook with a tablespoon of oil. Seriously, get yourself a good set of pans and a light spray of coconut oil. It's negligible, probably not even something you need to track. Maybe add one or two grams to your to your recipe per serve for that because it it is negligible when you do it like that. So that's some ways that you can manipulate your recipes. Again, in my coaching container as part of the one-on-one -on -one coaching is I help women amend their recipes. So I have a background as a chef. I know what you can do to manipulate recipes to still get a good outcome. So a client will message me and go, hey, I've got this recipe. I've put it in. I'm totally off the mark. I've got nowhere near enough protein, way too much fat, but we love this meal. How do I make it fit my macros? And I guide them through it. But they are basically what I'm looking to do uh, are all those things that I've just discussed in amending your recipes. And once you've amended all those recipes and they're entered and they're in, you will find as, as a family, you probably cycle through around the same 10, 15 recipes every week anyway. I know there's probably three or four meals that we have every single week without fail. And then I have some others that are like, oh, I haven't had that in a while, I'll have this. But they're usually weekend meals that take a little more time to prepare. But you'll find you're generally eating the same things anyway. So start with those recipes. And when you start doing it, keep it simple. So for a few weeks, you might just keep rotating through those ones until you get more confident. And then bit by bit, you can start adding a different recipe in and making your adjustments. The other next tip I've got is used cooked entries and serve as you tear. So, sorry, tear as you serve. So what I mean by that is in your tracking app, if you are cooking up a heap of chicken thighs, 
for dinner. You've got and you're going to have some potatoes with them and um, you cook a heap up. You don't want to be eyeballing. Oh, I've I've weighed it. I've weighed them all out, and this one's mine. You can't have this one. Or I've got a. What you want to do is just cook them all up. Choose the cooked entry in your tracking app, and then put your plate on your set of scales, press tear. And as you're serving one out, your plate is sitting there on a set of scales and you need 125 grams of chicken. So you serve your 125 grams of chicken and you just serve the rest out to everyone else. So that way you just, you're just serving yourself as you go. Same with the potatoes. You might be having boiled potatoes with some butter, salt, pepper. Uh, you boil the potatoes up. You use the cooked boiled potato entry you know that you need 130 grams of potatoes. You serve your 130 grams of potato because once you put your chicken on, you press your tear again, it's back to zero. You add 130 grams of potato, you tear it again, then you add your five grams of butter, boom, you're done. And everyone else can be done by sight. So it's very, e it's much easier to go by cooked weight. Another example would be um, if you're having something, say you've done a curry, and you've got the serve of curry, but then you have to do rice. Now, yes, I agree. It is much more accurate to have the raw weight. But when you're with a family, that's just not damn practical. And the biggest thing with tracking macros is being consistent. So if you cook rice, cook rice the same way every time you cook rice. So if you use the absorption method, always cook your rice by the absorption method. Use the cooked rice entry in your tracking app and you cook all the rice together. Because I'm sorry, how are you meant to go, oh, I'm meant to have 30 grams of raw rice cooked up and that's my serve? Well, that's really not practical, is it? That's not, that's, how do you, that means you're cooking a separate rice from everyone else. Or everyone else, you would have to do four 30 gram serves. And that's probably not going to be uh, enough for the growing teen boy in the house or for a male adult in the house. It's not going to be enough. So they might need more. And this is where it starts to get really difficult. And people go, I don't know how to track without cooking separately. Just use the damn cooked weight, cook it the same every time, be consistent and weigh it out as you go. Don't worry about using the raw weight. I think when you're doing it for the one meal, you know, the stress and the pressure that comes from trying to cook everything separate means that you're going to throw the towel in or you just go, I can't be bothered tonight, I'll just guess. That leads to inconsistency. And it also leads to, it sets you up for failure. And when you're set up for failure, you're never going to reach your goals. So work on the consistency method and just choose the same cooked entry and cook at the same method and run with it. If you're doing a recipe where it's a paella that everything goes in together and you cook it, you can use the raw one then, obviously. But if you are just serving out plain rice, just cook it and serve it and weigh it cooked. Really, it's not going to make that much difference as long as you're consistently doing the same. Um, another way with serving, so for example, um, I've got a great uh, strawberry basil and mozzarella salad that we love with boiled potatoes and, and spiced chicken. 
So we do the chicken on the barbie, we've got the potatoes there and we've got the salad there. Rather than just put the whole recipe in, I put I put the recipe in, I expand it and I might be overing my fat because mozzarella is quite heavy in fat. And if I need to pair my fat back, I work out how much that I need. So in a serve, it might be saying that there's 50 grams of mozzarella and I'm going to go, I really need half that mozzarella to make this work. So I change it in my tracking app and it's about 25 grams. Perfect. On the day, I just pop my scales down and I serve out all the strawberry. So it's got strawberry, onion and basil. Great. And then mozzarella. So I serve out the strawberries and onion that's under you know that's going to work out so there's 200 grams of that but I only need 25 grams of mozzarella so then I just put the mozzarella from the bowl on separately so even though the bowl is there and it's all in one for everyone to serve from I can still serve individual bits so I can control my fat and my carbs tip number four get organized now this kind of goes for tracking altogether and anyone who wants to really get on a path of health and fitness, the only way you're ever going to do it is to get organized. But with a family, even more so because it's too easy for you to throw it in if you're cooking separate meals, throw it in and go, ah, oh, I'll just eat whatever they're eating. So I suggest pick a day on the weekend. For me, Saturday. I do online shopping. So I get all, I set all of my meals. I enter them in because again, I'm having the same breakfast, lunch and snacks for the week. Each week I might change them, but for that week I've chosen them. And that once I've entered them in, it's a simple copy and paste over to every day. Then I pick my seven meals that I'm going to have for dinner and I enter them on each day. When you're picking your meals, Pick them around your schedule. So little Johnny's got soccer practice on Thursday and it's the five o'clock time slot. So really we're not home until 6.30. You're not going, and, and if you've been at work all day, you're not going to have time to cook a meal. So there's different things that you can do to get ready for that. You can have a meal cooked in advance, which I'll talk about those in the next um, food prep tip. Um, you can do things like you're going to have eggs on sourdough on that night because you, there's no prep needed for it. Or it might be, um, you know, steak and air fried chips is really easy on a night that I train because I can literally come home, throw the steak in the frying pan, weigh out my potatoes that I already have chopped and cooked, uh, ready to go in the fridge because I'll tell you about that in food prep. But I've picked easy meals for the nights that are busy and I the more elaborate prep meals that take a little bit more in cooking time or chopping up time or things that you can't do in advance I save them for the weekend so choose your dinners wisely and allocate them to the days that are appropriate once you've entered all of your dinners in that's when you go back and you use, this is where the having the separate macros and really simple breakfasts and lunches comes in hand. Because if you enter a recipe, say, uh, I've got a Thai chicken curry that's made with potato and pumpkin and coconut, um, coconut milk, I use the light coconut milk and chicken. When I enter that, I know that 
I'm going to have to save some fat somewhere because it is a heavier fat meal. So what I would do is I've actually got um, egg in my morning shake, for example. So I might just put egg white in my morning shake because in my freezer I've bought cartons of egg white and I've just frozen them down into ice cubes so I don't have to put the whole egg yolk in. I do when I'm lower in fat. But when I'm not, I just put the egg white in. So I still get the protein for my shake, but I don't have to have the fat. You might go, um, I'm having eggs on sourdough and I'm not going to put the butter on today because the fat's high. Or lunch, you're having chicken, cheese and fruits. Well, I'm going to get rid of the cheese today because I, the, I'm having more fat at dinner time. So there's little tweaks that you can make in the ones during the day. So you're not actually changing the meal that you're having. You're just changing quantities. It might be, I normally have 30 grams of cheese and today I'm only going to have 15 grams of cheese. It could be as simple as that. It could be, uh, I need a little bit of extra protein. So rather than 100 grams of of chicken, I'm going to have 125 grams and that meets my protein for the day. So where your dinner throws your macros, your overall daily macros off, you use the individual meals above that have got very separate ingredients that you're not changing your meal, you're just changing the quantities a little bit to balance your macros out for the day so you meet your calories. The next thing is, is shop online. So when I sit down and I do this on a Saturday, I choose my lunch, my, my breakfast, my snacks, I enter it in. I choose my seven dinners for the week and I enter them in on the days and I balance my macros out. Once I've done that, I know exactly what I need to order. So I sit and I do an online order. And when you're tracking, you know how much to buy of what. So my partner tracks as well and it makes it makes food prep so easy because I then go, well, how much, how much are you having for lunches at the moment for chicken? Okay, then great. So we need this much chicken bought this week plus I've got a dinner. So I'll add that in. That's, that's using chicken breast there. So it's really easy to actually shop. But the time that you sit down and actually... Um, the time that you sit down and do your planning, you save that time with doing online shopping. So that's where you save your time because it does take a little bit to plan your week out. Not a long time. It might take you 20 minutes, half an hour to go through that process. But I can guarantee you to go and do a week shop in the shopping centre would take you an hour, hour and a half. By the time you get in there, get your shopping list, and come home and unload it, you've still got to unpack, but unload it, that would be an hour to an hour and a half. So do online shopping and then you don't have to then you don't have to worry about it. Or at least click and collect shopping. So if they don't deliver it to you, you order it online and you go in and you pick it up. So that's my other big tip for online shopping. And it's such a time saver for any busy mum, you really should be doing online shopping. Um Write the meals out on a fridge and what day you've allocated to them. Monday to, Monday to Sunday, allocate your meals, pop it on the fridge. 
So then your partner and your kids and things like, depending on how old your kids are, obviously, people can start actually being a little bit responsible for what's happening in the family. Oh, okay, we're having steak and chips tonight. We're going to need steak out the freezer. Okay, we're having steak and chips tonight. I've gotten home from school. I can peel some potatoes. I know you're all laughing at me trying to get a teenage, teenager to actually think. But if you get organised enough and you start bringing the family in and give them appreciation for when they're helping, you don't have to be the only one doing it. So have it documented and, and stick it on the fridge. And then, again, everyone knows what's being had for the week. I would also suggest freezing down your um, meals, uh, sorry, freezing down your meat individually. So when you buy a packet of chicken thighs, put them in the small little freezer bags and pop them into the freezer. And that way you've got meat that you can pull out the right amount of quantities for any recipe at any time or any lunch because you can pick a smaller and a larger size uh, thigh to up and down the weight. Same with your steak or the rest of it. Do it in individual portions. You know, you go to the butcher and you say, give me one steak. One week it might be cut thick, one week it might be cut thin. So sometimes I have only a part of a steak and my my daughter or my son gets the rest. Uh, Sometimes I end up having the full steak because it's pretty close to my 125 grams. But But doing the steaks individually, I get to know that, okay, I I need 500 grams all up because that's about how much we would all eat. Plus there's going to be some fat that I'm going to trip off, trim off. So that's going to be about 150 grams. Plus there's going to be some shrinkage when I cook it. That's going to be about another 100 grams. You get to know this after a while. So you know exactly how many grams to pull out of the freezer. And it's so much easier to manage when all the pieces of meat are done in individual portions like that. Mince, I tend to do mince, it's always just 500 grams and that does four portions for our house. So mince is just done in 500 gram portions. But that's another tip in, in what you can do when you, and I I bulk buy meat on special and put it in my freezer in individual portions. So I'm saving some money and I can manipulate my macros at any time. Food prep. So this is, some people go, oh, meal prep, you have to cook every meal for the entire week and freeze it all down. That's not practical when you have a family because you're not going to cook all those massive meals um, all on one day. That would take you a day or more to, to be doing that. That's ridiculous. But as someone who's cooking for a family every night, you are cooking every night, but you can actually get ahead a little bit. So on a Saturday, I do my um, my map, my tracking records into my tracking app and I do my shopping. Sunday, the shopping is delivered and then I do some basic prep. I like, at the moment, I like stewed apples. So I buy in my, and I know they'll last most of the week once I've stewed them. So I buy enough apples for the week, peel them all up, stew them, they go in the fridge, I don't have to think about it again. There might be a couple of meals through the week where we're actually having potato multiple times. I tend to just dice my potatoes up into cubes because I can boil them and have them like that with salt and butter and make it really yummy like that. Or I can fry them off on the barbecue. So we've got a little bit of a fried flavor there when we're having something on the barbecue. It's really nice to fry them up with lots of salt afterwards. Really yummy. So again, they're parboiled as a cube and then fried off on the barbecue. 
uh, air fryer chips. I now just, I used to do them as long chips. I now just do them as cubes because it means if I go, great, I've got boiled potato, I've got barbecued potato and I've got air fryer chips for three meals this week. And I, you know how many grams everyone's having. You can peel the whole lot up and as long as you put them in a container where it's completely covered with water, you'll get about five days in the fridge out of them. Just change the water each day. So when it comes to dinner time, you don't have to come home and peel the potatoes and then get them boiled up. You come home, walk to the fridge, pull your potatoes out. They're already diced and everything. You just weigh out what you need, put them back in with fresh water and you boil your potatoes or you throw them in the air fryer. It's actually really, really easy to do. So Things like potato, you can do ahead of time. Um, rice, you can always cook rice in advance and freeze it down and just pop it in the microwave to thaw it. That's another, you know, if you've got a couple of meals of rice for the week, or I tend to, when I do a rice dish, a di sorry, a dish with rice, I cook extra and I just freeze it down in. So for me, my macro is 150 grams of cooked rice. So I just do 150 gram bags of rice. And if I ever take something out the freezer or it's just me and my partner for dinner because the kids are at their dad's, um, we can just cook up, cook up a bit of meat and then have a rice bag with it. It makes it nice and easy. So that's something that you can do in advance as well. Potatoes, cooked potatoes also freeze down quite well as well. So when you're actually cooking something, double and freeze down in portions. That includes your actual whole meals. So if you're doing, I don't know, Mexican mince is one of my, you'll hear me say Mexican mince all the time. It's one of my regular examples, but I bloody love it. And I've got it in the fridge all the time. And the kids know out of all the prep meals in the fridge, don't touch a Mexican mince for this last one because that's mine. I actually find it a really easy one to manipulate in my macros as well. So I double batch cook. So rather than cook for four, I cook eight because it's no harder to cook a double recipe. And as I serve it up, I serve our four meals up and then the other four go into individual containers and into the freezer. So that is not only a night where, I don't know, if something goes pear-shaped and the kids go, we're getting pizza with little Johnny and, and Dean's late home from work and the meal you had planned doesn't go to plan, going back to all your recipes meet your protein anyway you just and and your carbs you can you can manipulate it you can pull a serve of a protein meal out of the freezer so I would pull out a Mexican mince I've got rice bags in the freezer I pull out a bag of rice I know that that's going to even when things went astray it's still going to be pretty damn close to my macros even if it's not quite right they're all meals rather than me going oh well I'll just have pizza with you and then, you know, you're 500 calories over for the day, I'm prepared, it's all in the fridge. Or, um, you know, you had to pick little Susie up from school and she's been really unwell and you haven't had time to prep any meals. You've got meals in the freezer and you just go, okay, well, tonight's Mexican mince, we'll all just pull out a portion each and we'll have that. So it keeps you on track because when you have a family, oh, my God, shit comes up. Whether a kid's hurt themselves, a kid is sick, uh, someone's running late, someone has an extra practice for footy that you didn't know about because they didn't bloody tell you. Like it can be chaos. So if you get ahead of the game and you have the freezer space, freeze portioned meals down. I freeze the 
the protein side down and then I freeze the carb side down separately so I have a little bit more control to try and meet my macros for the day. But again, if your macros your macros really shouldn't be changing. If you've got 2,000 calories and you're balancing your blood sugar, which means you're balancing within each meal, your dinner macros shouldn't really be changing and you've gone through the process of manipulating your really common recipes to meet you and then the family just has a little bit extra or less each time. So if you've got a child that's having three quarters of a recipe and a partner that's having 1.25, well, you'd pull out, two meals they're still going to get it you just put some of the kids into the partners and bang there you go but you know you can pull just one out and that meets your macros so definitely cooking up things ahead of time and double batching Um, and another one is is on a Sunday I might also so I do my Sunday meal but I'll cook an extra meal because it's the weekend and I'll just pop that into the fridge and leave it there so on a training night or when a kid's got some training that I have to take them to and I'm going to be late, I know I actually don't have to prepare dinner because it's cooked and sitting in the fridge ready to go. Um, preparing a slow cooker, I can either do that on a Sunday night or I can do it if I go Wednesday night, I'm cooking up dinner. While I'm cooking up dinner and waiting for things to boil and cook, I throw my stuff into the slow cooker because that's tomorrow night's dinner. So I actually can just throw that all in the slow cooker sleeve. It sits in the fridge. In the morning when I wake up, I simply go out to the fridge and put it into the sleeve and turn it on and the slow cooker's good for the day. So they are my uh, top tips really for macro tracking with a family. It can be done. I've been doing it for years and I've ranged from having four children plus a partner in the house down to just me and my partner in the house. So we've had all sorts of circumstances and it's been easy to manipulate as I go. I still get variety and we still all eat together. So if you have found this podcast helpful, uh, please feel free to share it. You can always find me on Instagram and if you've got any further questions, you can find me there.